This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we certainly appreciate those of you who are watching, perhaps for the very first time. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it also of those who watch Getting to Know Your Bible every time we come on the air. Now today on our telecast, I have a kind of an unusual subject for us to, to talk about. We want to talk about the penetrating eye. The penetrating eye. And that this is a Bible subject, just stay tuned as we discuss it today. Now on our telecast, we're offering again today the free Bible correspondence course. We have literally thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course with us. We want you to have it as well. And this Bible course is designed to help you become better acquainted with your Bible, to help you have a better understanding of what God expects of us in this age of the world, and I trust that you will order the Bible course today. Now, this course is free. May I emphasize again, this course is free. Anything we offer on getting to know your Bible comes to you without any cost whatsoever. There are those who sacrifice and giving to the Lord on the Lord's Day. They sacrifice and giving to help support getting to know your Bible. Congregations of churches of Christ around the country that are helping support getting to know your Bible. We have even one family that helps uh, uh, in a very significant way to support this telecast. And that's the reason that we are able to offer these courses free, CDs free, and even a DVD, should you request one of those, will be at no cost to you. And we want to pause now that you might learn more about the course and how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Reading now from John chapter 5, beginning in verse 42. But I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you'd believe Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe the, his writings, how will you believe my words? I want you to notice the first four words of verse 42. But I know you. 
God knows us. God knows us inside and out. God keeps records and he knows us well. Acts chapter 1 and verse 24, God is described as the one who is the searcher of our hearts. The one who knows what is in our hearts. There, there really isn't anything about us that God doesn't know. According to Jesus in Matthew 10 verse 30, he has the very hairs of your head numbered. In Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter in verse 14, we're told that God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. You see, man does not see what God sees. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, we're told that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You see, God has a penetrating eye. God says, I know you. God sees that there is no love in the soul. Notice verse 42 again. I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. You see, God knows when there's no love in our hearts, when there's no love for our neighbor. Jesus said, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus knows when there's no love for our family. He loved his spiritual family. And we are, which is the church, and he died for it. And we are to love our physical families. Paul in Ephesians 5 and 25 says, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So we, the Lord knows when we have love in our heart for our families. There are those that have no love for their enemies. In Matthew 5 and 44 and verse 45 as well, Jesus said to love your enemies. And he also sees when there's no love for God. Jesus said the greatest commandment of all is this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. What is really needed in our hearts today? What do people all over the world need today? And they need a love for God in their soul. You see, love for God will answer so many of the problems of life. God is the source of love. God is love. And it is God who first loved us, for God so loved the world. We ought to love God. The reason that many people live as they live, they do not have in their heart the love of God. Proof of our love is needed today. How do we know there's love in our heart for God? Well, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, it tells us how we can know when there's love in our heart for God. This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. The word grievous means a burden to be borne. 
when we really love God and God tells us to do something, we do it not out of regret. We do it not because we feel that we've been forced to do it. We do it because we love God. We do things for people that we love. In John 14 and 15, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And so God sees us. God knows us. And he knows when there is no love in our souls. Notice verse 42 again. I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. When God's penetrating eye is turned on you, does he see the love of God in you? Friends, when you have the love of God in you, you're going to love the things that are associated with God. Several weeks ago, I went to the state of Missouri to preach. And on my way back, I went to the airport to catch my plane to come home. And, and as I was preparing to go through the checkpoint, where they will scan you and scan your luggage and scan all the things that you have with you, I reached into my trousers pocket, and there was my pocket knife. I thought, now what am I going to do? I know I can't take that through, and I can't take it on the plane with me. It had been in my luggage on the way out, and so that's acceptable. So I walked over to one of the men standing there, and I said, I forgot to put my knife in my luggage. He said, well, then you'll have to throw it away. I said, I'm not going to throw it away. He says, well, then you'll have to mail it to yourself. And there was a place there where you could drop it in a little box, and you, you could put your credit card number on there, and and for $11.95, they said I'd get that knife back. Well, it took me six weeks to get it back. You say, well, why, why were you so interested in getting it back? It's because of the one with whom I associate that knife. It, it was given to me by an aunt that was so loved by us all. And you see, when, every time I look at the knife, I think of the aunt. And that was precious to us. And so it's the one with whom I associate it. Now let me ask you, with whom do you associate reading the Bible? With whom do you associate worship? Do, do, with whom do you show, associate love? With, with whom do you associate uh, uh, eating the Lord's Supper every Lord's Day? With, with whom would you associate giving as you've been prospered on the first day of every week? With, with whom would you associate preaching the gospel? With whom would you associate feeding the hungry and clothing the naked? With whom we associate those kinds of things? Well, you say you'd associate them with God. Well, then when you find out how a person feels about reading the Bible and prayer and preaching the gospel and worship and the Lord's Supper and the like, you really find out how they feel about God. But you can find out how much of how man feels about God the way he feels about his brethren. You see, when the love of God is in you, you're going to love people that God loves. In 1 John, the uh, third chapter in verse 14, 
The Bible says we know we've passed from death to life if we love the brethren. We know that we are Christians. We know we've passed from spiritual death to spiritual life by the way we treat each other. In John 13, verse 34 and 35, Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, and by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So if you have the love of God in you, you're going to love your brethren. You're going to love your fellow man. Jesus said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And when you have the love of God in you, you'll do where Jesus says do. Listen to him again in John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now an individual has no love in his heart for him, cares very little about doing what Jesus says. But when we have the love of God in us, we want to obey our Lord. But something else about that penetrating eye of the Lord, he knows and can see when there's no reception of the Son. I want you to notice again verse number 43. I've come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. This is a very strange behavior. Christ came in the name of the Father, and he was rejected. It's strange how men reject Christ with all the credentials that he showed. Jesus had the miracles that he performed. Even Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 2 said, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. In John 20 verses 30 and 31, John recorded many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe. So it's strange that people would reject Christ when, when he has all the credentials, the miracles that he performed. And then there is the confession from God about his son. In Matthew 17 and 5, this is, my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And then there is his resurrection from the dead, declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. But in spite of all of the credentials of Jesus, God knows people, and he knows when there is no reception of the Son. Why, why should anyone want to receive Christ? Well, they should want to receive Christ to have the power to become the sons of God. In John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, John recorded, He came to his own, and his own received him not. But, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. They did not become the sons of God merely because they said we believe. 
They had the right to become. They had the power to become the sons of God. And, they, and this would put them in a pos, position to one day receive heaven as their eternal home. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. So why would anyone want to receive him? And that's in order to become the son of God and to be in a position to receive heaven one day. Conversely, why would anyone want to refuse him? Look in verse 40. But you're not willing to come to me that you might have life. Well, I'll tell you the reason people refuse him is not because God doesn't love them. Because he loves all people. He loves all men of the world. In Romans 5 and 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And people do not refuse Jesus because they can't understand the truth. Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And people do not refuse Jesus because the number is set, the number is fixed of a certain number of people that are going to be saved and, and they're not among the number. That's not the case. Because we learn in 1 John chapter 2 that he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And if men refuse the Lord Jesus Christ and they reject him, it's not because... They can't hold out in the living of the Christian life. I've, I've had so many people say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I'd become a Christian, and I, I'd let you baptize me, Brother Lambert, but I, I'm just not sure I can live it. Well, that's a reflection upon God. Because in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, in verse 13, the Bible says, There's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you, that means allow you, to be tempted above that you're able, but will with a temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That verse says that whatever comes your way as a temptation, once you become a Christian, God will make a way of escape for you. For an individual to say, I reject Jesus Christ because I don't think I could hold out in the living of the Christian life, that, that's reflecting upon the faithfulness of God. And, and it's just because he's outright rejected, just outright rejected by men. As Isaiah predicted, he's despised and he's rejected of men. There are so many people that do believe in him and they accept the fact that he is the Son of God. And yet there are those that do not. May I remind you of what Jesus taught in John the 12th chapter in verse 48. And this is serious business. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. I want to ask you a very serious question. Where are you right now with Christ? Where are you with Jesus? Have you ever accepted, accepted him on the terms of his will? 
You know, Jesus in Matthew 7 and 21 said, Not everyone that, that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And it is his will that you believe on his Son. John 8, 24. It is his will that you repent of all of your sins, Luke 13, 3. And these are all of the sins that we committed prior to becoming a Christian. And it is his will that you confess the sweet name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. And it is the will of God that you be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. And you're to be baptized for the remission of your sins according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. So what have you done with Jesus? Have you accepted him? I don't know but two things you can do with Jesus. You either accept him or you reject him. But the fact is God says, I know you, I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. What about you? Do you have the love of God in you? Does he see that you have accepted his son? And may I ask you, if you've not accepted Christ, why not? Why have you not accepted him? You say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I just need a, a little bit more time to think about it. Well, could I ask you how long have you been thinking? You say, well, Brother Lambert, I've been thinking a long time. I remember a man who had been thinking for 30 years. 30 years he had been thinking. 30 years he had been attending the services. 30 years he was there every time the doors opened. And if you ask him, why have you never obeyed the gospel? Why are you not a Christian? Why have you not been baptized? Why are you not saved? He said, I'm thinking about it. So one Sunday afternoon, I decided I'd go see him. He was sick. He had the flu. And I told him, someday, they're going to call me. And they're going to tell me that you have died. And you're going to make it very difficult for me to have something good to say about you if you die without Jesus. You're a good man, but I want you to die in Christ. So I said, I'm going to my office. This was on a cold January Sunday afternoon. And I, went, I said, I'm going to my office for a little while, getting ready for the service tonight. And I want you to come to my office at 4 o'clock so you can be baptized into Christ. Well, here I am sitting in my office and I'm thinking, I don't know that he'll come. But then I heard the door open and he stuck his head inside my office door and he said, you didn't think I'd come, did you? And I wheeled him around and I headed him toward the baptistry. 
Here had been thinking for 30 years. I ask you, how long have you been thinking? How long have you been thinking? Well, I suppose a man is out here on the desert and, and he's without water. He's been without water for days and he's almost dead. His lips are cracked open. His tongue is swollen. He's just about dead. And along comes a traveler and sees this man there on the desert. And he stops and he gets off of his animal that he's riding and he comes over to him and he has water in his hand. And, he, and he, the, the man is just hanging on with life by a thread. And he says to the dying man, Don't worry. I have water. I have water. And I'm going to moisten your tongue. And then after a while, I'm going to give you more water. You're not going to die. What would you think of that man out there on the desert without water to drink? Looking up at that man who's now his Savior. The man who's come to him with water to save his life. And he says to this man, just let me think about it. Someone said, that man be a foolish man. Well, my friend, Jesus Christ has offered you the water of life. And Jesus said, if you'll drink of the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. And then we say, let me think about it. I would urge you not to think about it, but to obey Jesus today. God, the Lord said, I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. Something else that he sees with that penetrating eye is when there's no desire to honor the Father. Look in verse number 44. How can you believe me who receive honor from another and do not seek the honor that comes only from the Father? No son should ever exist without seeking to pray the praise and approval of his father. And we can have God's approval if we will do what he says. Don't reject him. Now don't be like those of whom we read in verse 40, but you're not willing to come to me that you might have life. The Lord knows what's going on in your life right now. He knows what's going on in my life. Every minute, every second of my life, He knows what's going on and He does in yours as well. And I'd plead with you with all the love I have in my heart to accept Jesus Christ on His terms, not on your terms, not on man-made terms, but on His terms. Would you do it? I want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again, the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
Write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.